0: Welcome to episode 146 of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I am joined by Miles Thompson.
1: Hello once again, mate. Hello, bud. How on earth are you? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Not bad. Plugging away. Plugging away. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm very well. Thanks for asking. That's all right. Um, I mean, I figured I probably should, given we're uh... looking <laughs> <laughs> anyone else to ask today.
0: <laughs> and I am also joined by L. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Oh. 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 oh, oh, oh. oh, it? oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cat uh, is in Brussels? Bruges. 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 With Colin Farrell. In El Bruges. Yeah. Good movie, that. So uh, what's life like in the household without Cat?
1: <laughs> quiet. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just really, really quiet, to be honest. So uh, <laughs> just milling about, I just go to work during the day in my office era, and then I go downstairs and I make myself beans on toast for dinner because what's the point in cooking for one person? Um, and then yeah, I just sit on the couch and I play games and that's it, really. That's life. Man, you're you're living the single life again. Yeah, in a in a weird kind of way for a few <laughs> days. Yeah. <laughs> so uh it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's different there, feel to it now.
0: There's no one here, beans on toast, it is.
1: Yeah, I'm just playing that uh, the song in Shrek when he's on. Just, I'm all alone.
0: <laughs> There's no one here beside me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's the one I've just been playing on repeat ever since.
0: And uh, yeah, well, no one else is available because, of course, they're not. Well, what are we going to ask him, you,
1: know? Holding down the fort, bringing you Indeed. all the gaming news.
0: It's what we do. Right then, let's get into our game of the week. So, this should be quick. <laughs> Miles, your game of the week.
1: <laughs> You're not ready, sport for choice on who'd ask that um so i did play music racer ultimate but i'm not gonna talk about it because it kind of just sucked um so i just wouldn't recommend it to be honest if you see it on the page it might look cool but just watch the trailer and then go yeah that looks cool and then move on don't play it um but i want to talk about a game i played was a week or two ago and it was called far changing tides um it was the same week where i also had uh what lies in the multiverse so it was kind of like a toss-up between which awesome indie game did i want to talk about more and unfortunately multiverse won that one um so far as like uh i seem to have got a lot of these recently i don't know if you've noticed this but i picked up a lot of like 2d platformer like adventure type games um and far is another one um and it's got this really cool kind of art style to it it's almost like kind of hand-painted handcrafted like not cell shaded that's the wrong kind of phrase for it but it's like it's been airbrushed um but it looks really really gorgeous um it's got a really awesome soundtrack um when i was playing it cat kind of went past and she was like oh that's a really like soothing soundtrack and i was like yeah it's got like quite it's quite melancholic kind of thing um but in a really cool kind of like chilling chilling way like if you're listening to like one of those lo-fi radios or something." Um, the basic premise is like you have a like a boat or a vessel, it's called, um, and you have to like look after and manage resources in order to make this thing go. So like you only travel in the direction of right um, and you'll have to manage like the sails, for example. So if there's high winds, you need to make sure your sails are like at the adequate place to get the maximum speed. Later on, you then get like an engine. So you can like burn fuel and resources to keep the the engine going so you can go faster. Later on, you can like submerge it. So it turns like a cool little submarine um, and then eventually get like a boost as well. and it's pretty easy going it's a nice chill game you'll hit kind of obstacles every now and then so you have to jump out the boat and like climb things and move boxes and hit switches and all sorts to like clear out obstacles and it's probably got you know how swimming's like the worst thing in every game ever <laughs> um it's actually like got decent swimming mechanics so you just hold x and you like glide through the water as if you're like flying through the air it's really cool i really enjoyed it um there's a little bit of tacticalness to it so obviously if you waste your resources and don't look after your ship properly you can burn through all of your fuel and then get stranded in the middle of the ocean and be totally screwed um but you have to kind of go out of your way to 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 do it badly to do that um and it's just this really nice little game there's no kind of direct real dialogue to it as such um it's all kind of very environmental storytelling and like the world that you see around you paints the picture of what's going on in like this desolate like post-apocalyptic world Um, If you played the prequel, uh, Loan Sales, it kind of ties into it quite nicely towards the end. Um, And yeah, it's just a really cool little game. I really enjoyed it. And it's one of those that really surprised me. I watched the trailer for it and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll give it a go. Um, But having actually played it, it's one of my, yeah, it's probably up there as one of the better games I've played this year so far. So yeah, I'd highly recommend that one, really.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little jam out of nowhere. I've been keeping an eye on it. It is on Game Pass, of course. So if I jump on there and give
1: it a go. Um, I mean, it yeah. took me three, four hours. So you can play in an afternoon. Not even Oh, lovely!
0: And uh, yeah, you're getting all these 2D games because we have to teach you of the games <laughs> of your.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is fair. Yeah, I think I'm uh, starting to get my fill of them now. And actually, to be fair, after Multiverse and FAR, I'm starting to get a bit of a taste of how good they can be as well. Um so yeah, I just wanted to uh, mention that one and it's nice to play something a bit different to my usual.
0: Yeah, some of us weren't 6 years old when the PS3 came out, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I mean, at least I was at least 8 minimum. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what about you mate? What was yours?
0: Um well, um I've I've had a few days off this week, so I've played a pl- what's the word? Plethora. Yeah, Ooh, there's the word. A plethora. Yes. Nice. I've played a plethora of of things. Um I've jumped back into Horizon properly now um making some good progress uh oh it's just glorious it's just glorious um i can't say anything that hasn't already been said really on the pod by toby and cat but um yeah having a wonderful wonderful time with Aloy, and it just never gets old just taking on big ass freaking dinosaur machines just never gets old <laughs> it's does so it live much up to fun. the
1: hype though that's the question does it live up to the hype of the reviews
0: the thing is i think it does
1: because
0: i mean one of the reviews I saw, which criticised the game for, is like, oh, it's just more Horizon. I was like, well, it's a sequel to Horizon Zero... Well,
1: I don't know what do you wanted. Want it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, like, like, you're not going to change a formula that works
0: so well. Exactly. We all loved Zero Dawn. We're like, more of that? With, with shiny or 4K graphics? Yes, please. Thank you very much. You know, that's that. That's a big win for me. It's a huge plus. And it is. It does feel exactly like Zero Dawn, but Zero Dawn was glorious. So that is not a complaint. Um, Yeah, so I've been playing a lot of that. I've been playing uh, Dying Light. Um, Dying Light 2.
1: so good. So Uh, good. How far are uh, you into it now?
0: Oh, far. No, I'm not far at all. I I thought I was, but then um, I saw your uh, completion hours and i was like uh no i'm not firing it at all
1: <laughs> for uh context i finished it today and it was 36 hours and 50 minutes but i did do a lot of the side content as i went and then i gave up on it and stopped
0: yeah you think you're gonna jump back in and read then?
1: so i think i'm gonna go in and mop up like a few of the trophies and just play like some of the, the parkour trials because i won't parkour, spoil parkour. it Parkour. Um, but towards the end of the game, you get some really cool like uh gadgets and gear that allows you to traverse things even more quickly and like fluidly. Um, and I kind of want to jump back in and just play around with them a bit more because initially <laughs> I was a bit like, eh, he's a bit gimmicky. And then actually you start using them properly and you're like, shit, this is really good. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think I'll jump in a little bit more, but probably not more than like another two or three hours maximum, I reckon. Um,
0: me uh Miles, sorry, sorry, I apologize. Miles and I. Um we uh we wrote a Big-ass review of Dying Light 2, which you can now read <laughs> yeah. on um, thinking um We waited until after the next-gen update because we were both playing it on PS5, so it sort of made sense to kind of hold off until then. And um, yeah, it's really interesting how our reviews, because we, we didn't read each other's before we did it, but it, it really paralleled because there were certain moments where, like, the big thing, I think, in the game is when you choose what side you want to be on. Yeah, yeah. And we both mentioned it, and it was like, it's it's such an integral moment in the game because it really changes how you play it. Mm-hmm. And I think we both went for the same thing because we were both really into the parkour.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> we were like, give me the ropes, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed that as well because I read your section I was like, huh, you chose the exact same side that I did. Um, I think mine was partially because like the other faction I just wasn't particularly keen on. Um, mm. And the faction I chose was like, oh, they're kind of cool. And then I got all the upgrades and then I started to see like once you, if you pick them like the same side for like the whole way through, like the amount of things that you have access to for parkour becomes insane. Like it's everywhere and it's so cool. Nice. Um, so I would recommend sticking with one side rather than mixing between the two.
0: I shall, I shall. And um, there are moments where I wish I went for the other side, where I get very overwhelmed. Yeah, like, I could, I could have really done with their help here, but never mind. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you make your bed, you got to lie in it. And so that was um, those situations. Yeah but yeah having a great time with it so far and'm yes. I will uh I will continue to jump on I really want to get my head down into Horizon, so I may not jump on it this week but I will definitely go back to it uh Guardians of the galaxy I've started on the old uh, on the old game pass played about an hour and a half of that and yeah I'm not too far into it but what I've played I've enjoyed it's been good yeah let see it's one of those games that people' was like yeah actually you know it's not bad it's not bad yeah it's not bad you know, people aren't screaming from the Root Office about it, but they're like, yeah, it's fine. And that's really all I can expect, really, from a Square Enix Avengers game. So <laughs>
1: that's, that's, that's absolutely fine. I mean, it is doing a bit better than some of their other recent IPs, <laughs> Babylon's Fall, so we'll, uh, I think we'll take what we can get. Oh, dear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a Square Enix game, so of course it performed below expectations.
1: But oh, it's... of course. Yeah, it could sell 50 million copies, and it still wouldn't have sold 60, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bloody
0: square in Calm down, guys. You know, you make stuff that's okay.
1: <laughs> it's decently good. Leave it at that. Yeah,
0: Avengers performed below explanations. Yeah, because it was cack. Everyone knows it.
1: <laughs> but,
0: uh, yeah. It's interesting. Are you um? Are you going to get into Stranger of Paradise this week?
1: So, I was initially put off because I think <laughs> for some reason I saw, like, the Babylon's four reviews and then immediately watched Stranger of Paradises and I think I may have, like, conflated the two of them together because I actually sat down and watched a bit of it today. I was like, the combat system looks really fun. Like, really, like, almost Devil May Cry-ish. And I was like, I'm pretty mm. down because I love Devil May Cry. Um, so I don't think it's something I'll play soon because I need to get my ass back into Elden Ring now that Dying Light 2 is out of the way. Um, but I am planning, it's one of those games, I'll probably see it on a sale, probably in the summer, and I'll have, like, a free week and I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's the time for it. Um, no. So I've been uh because some of the reviews are quite good and then other ones have really shat on it. So yeah, it's quite a mixed bag of opinion on it. Yeah, enemy give it one out of five.
0: What? I'm like, I'm like, well, what do I enemy, mean? what do enemy know
1: anything? I mean, one out of five is pretty like it. Cut. It doesn't look that bad. Like it doesn't look like Babylon's full bad. No, I mean our our one out of ten is
0: it works as a video game and that's about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. it barely qualifies, but somehow yeah. does.
0: Yeah, it, it isn't broken. That's a one out of ten. And so yeah, it's an interesting. Yeah, I think that was a bit of a scathing review, but mm. yeah, it's been it's it's got about what I expected. Um, I need to check back on our on our Metacritic um predictions to see where we are, because yeah, running yeah. a little behind on that. It's, it's uh, yeah, should be interesting. And so yeah, and I've got the I'm sorry, cap. I did buy the Grand Theft update this week. You did um, not. Because I hate
1: myself. You shill. <laughs> you absolute shill.
0: It was eight pounds,
1: Miles. What do you want <laughs> That's how they get you, Roscoe. They knew that's how they'd get you.
0: <laughs> it was eight, eight quid pounds. for shiny 4K Liberty City. I was like, all right then, fuck it oh, out. God. So I'm going to start over again, and I'm going to remind myself why I love the game in the first place. And uh, yeah, it came out today. And of course, I've been working all day, so I haven't had a chance to play it yet. And I'm recording the podcast tonight, so it ain't going to be tonight. Uh, Maybe tomorrow or Wednesday, but, or tomorrow or Thursday, I should say. But uh, yeah, sorry, everyone, but it's happened. And you'll see my full feature about it next week on the Finger Guns podcast.
1: (laughs) There are going to be so many disappointed people listening to this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, you fucking shill. I'm sorry. Rockstar just, Rockstar just get me.
1: You sold out, man. We thought you were on the line. You sold out.
0: As I as I uh, as we record this, uh Paul from uh Finger Guns has just posted in our Slack saying the GTA update really is cat shit. They've done nothing <laughs> but throw in some new trees and give this game a new menu. Oh, look if you, you can't even shiny if trees. If you can't even impress Paul with your GTA update, then you you really are fucked.
1: I was going to say that's quite bad because Paul's like the one advocate of Grand Theft Auto, no matter how much we all shit on it in the Slack. So uh, yeah, yeah, for him just, to be a, uh,
0: it's the only game bad. he's played for the last seven years. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> the only one,
0: yeah, pretty much that and Cyberpunk, I think, and uh, I think that's about it. Does he uh, just like glutton for punishment? Does he just not like himself, mate? When when we all got Cyberpunk, Paul did the very smart thing and bought it on Stadia. Oh because okay. the stadia the stadia version is running at like max pc settings. Yeah, it, and, it functions, yeah. And he had no problems like whatsoever. Oh, that makes sense. And uh, he was like, "Oh, you are always talking about it. this is great."
1: He's <laughs> having <laughs> the best time playing the best game that ever could have existed and everyone else is like <laughs> hating it. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: whole slack for like a month was like cyberpunk like shit. Where he's like, "I'm having a great time. I don't know what you guys talking about?" <laughs> I mean, rather be in his position, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so he's um, yeah, he's very happy <laughs> with uh with because uh, he played it on the right, uh, on the right platform, which was Stadia, which was the best place to play at the launch. Who'd have thought? Uh, Who'd yeah, have thought? There you go. And Atletico Madrid have just scored. God damn it! Oh, uh, it's gonna be a long night. Um, right then, uh, <laughs> we would do a quiz, but what's the point? Because you know, Miles would win and lose all at the same time.
1: Yeah, do you know what? I probably still wouldn't even win somehow. <laughs> That'd be the worst part of it. I'd end up with zero, so I wouldn't even win the quiz on my
0: own. Right. Um, so let's kick into the state of play, shall we? Sure thing. Yeah, why not? Because um, it, it feels like about ten years ago now. But the state of play, <laughs> places the state of yeah. play did was a thing that did happen this week, and we got a look at. Well, it was Square Relics and friends, wasn't it? More, more or less all the way through. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we'll uh, we'll power through them as quick as we can. Um, firstly, there was a video game where dinosaurs oh. drop out of the fucking oh, sky.
1: Oh, don't talk and, to me about this one.
0: You know, uh, listener, I don't know if you were like us, but we were like Capcom. Dinosaurs, what's going on? And we all said it in the Slack. We were like, "Is this Dino Crisis? Is this what they've done to Dino Crisis? What's happening?" And thankfully, it wasn't Dino Crisis. It was Exo Primal which looks like a hot mix of Bulletstorm, frickin' Vanquish, and Dino Crisis. Um, what did you make of Exo Primal, Miles?
1: Please don't talk to me. This one just makes me sad. <laughs> Why? Why? I feel like Capcom have done this on purpose, of being like, ha-ha, we know you want Dino Crisis. So here's a game about dinosaurs, but it's not Dino Crisis, you pricks. <laughs> um I absolutely adore Dino Crisis 2. On the PS1, it was, like, one of my favourite ever gaming experiences, and I absolutely fucking love it. And it's left on a massive cliffhanger, like, such a huge cliffhanger in that story. And ever since, like, as I've grown up and gone to all the PlayStation consoles and Generations or whatever, I've always wanted a Dino Crisis, not, we don't count Dino Crisis 3 as being an actual existence, like, we just pretend it never happened. Um, okay. And so when I finally saw a trailer, Capcom, dinosaurs, I was like, they've fucking done it. They're finally going to do it. And then I saw the four-player, shooty, co-op, whatever, gameplay, and I was like, I can't believe they've done this. They've (laughs) literally targeted me. Like, they've picked out people like me and said, fuck you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But to be fair, the game looks like it's going to be, you know, a bit of silly fun. You know, it's got loads of dinosaurs. They're flying out of a wormhole in the sky. They're, like, marauding over a city. Um, and you and your mates are just going to go in and start tearing up a bunch of crazy mutated dinosaurs. Like, as far as co-op premises go, it's kind of a winner from the start. Yeah. Um, so they ha- they'd have to do something pretty severe to screw it up. I'm not going to play it, purely out of spite of it not being Dino Crisis, but I'm sure oh, lots Miles, of people will we are going it. to
0: play this. We are oh. going to play this.
1: <laughs> to be fair, I probably will end up trying it, but just, I'm still mad about it, man. I'm not over it. I'm, I'm
0: gonna get I, I'm gonna get beta codes and we're gonna tear this thing to pieces. <laughs> it's gonna
1: be amazing. Oh god. To be fair, it looks like it will be a lot of like really stupid fun, and that's kind of what you want for those kind of shoes. So yeah. yeah, I think Capcom are just trying to capitalize on the, the four-player co-op craze thing at the moment and make the most of it. But like I said, dinosaurs, rockets, you know, anthem style, like Iron Man suits. It's just got everything of like pop culture wants in a game.
0: It really does, and i don't think it's going to be hugely successful and i think it's going to do brilliantly well but it might be fun for a weekend and uh, that's all you can really ask for i think maybe if it is because capcom is so against like no fuck you dino crisis fans (laughs) we're not making dino
1: crisis anymore you assholes they've made like something like dozens of monster hunter games which are like so niche until monster hunter world um And yet, we can't get a Dino Crisis game, which is about dinosaurs and shooting them, which is like an instant sell in today's market. And who knows if this is successful, maybe we'll get like a Regina skin from Dino Crisis 2. And then I can pretend that I got a new Dino Crisis. Who knows?
0: And their Reservoir makes are so successful and so good. Aren't they though? They need that team to do Dino Crisis.
1: (gasps) Like, why? (laughs) It's so simple. It's right there, Capcom. Come on. Oh, literally. I would literally. Pay, I don't know, like a year's worth of my salary to invest in it, just to make so they'll, they'll just make the fucking thing if that's what they want. Right,
0: you hear that, Capcom? Yeah, you can get some mm-hmm. NH- N- NHS money, bitches. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, just give me my Dino Crisis. That's
0: all I want, man. All uh, I want is Dino Crisis. All right, then moving on then to a game that doesn't have dinosaurs falling out of the fucking sky. What's the point? Um, you know, what is the point
1: in Ghostwire Tokyo?
0: Oh, so good uh it's it's coming it's it's not far away now is it what March 25th is it
1: yeah it's just over a week away it's, yeah, yeah week yeah week and a half yeah. damn pretty close Which, uh,
0: how did this final uh teaser trailer get you you still it's, it?
1: it's starting to get a little bit like uh death did where we've had like three trailers or something in the space of like a month or a month and a half um but i love the look of this game it looks so so good um and it looks quite like unique like it's first person like combat style but you're using all these different kind of powers and it's like imagine like skyrim but with a magic system like kind of on steroids and not hopefully as clunky as skyrim's was um the creature and enemy design looks creepy as hell and i am down for it like i really love creatures that are like not horror horror like inspired per se but are just really unnerving like it just makes you really uncomfortable in the new trailer it showed off one of the designs and she's got like this like horrifying like joker smile on her face um some of the enemies are, like headless so they just walk around as like suits as if it's like slender man but without the head um and yeah just it looks gorgeous as well like it's not the most powerful graphically like it's not going to be the most impressive one that you'll see on the new gen but it just looks really really nice like all the neon lit mm. streets and the the shininess of tokyo just looks great and Yeah, it looks really cool. I'm super excited. I think like my hype levels are like 30% higher than anybody else's for this game, but it just looks so good. and um, Yeah, I can't wait to jump into it. And fingers crossed, you know, they give it to us, please.
0: (laughs) I hope so. You never know. You never, never know. It'd be nice. It would be nice. Um, Yeah. And then we had a look at a new Stranger of Paradise demo that, of course, is out right now if you want to go play it. Um, and get into all the chaos,
1: chaos gotta destroy it, man.
0: Gotta destroy chaos. And, and then we had another look at Forspoken, which still looks awesome. Um, I can't wait to play this. It has been pushed back, of course, to October the 11th, but Forspoken is still looking fantastic. Are you uh hyped for Forspoken?
1: Uh, I think other people are more hyped than me for this one. Um, I'm still a little bit on the You're fence, fucking nerd. And I don't know what it is, you know, I just can't. There's something about it that I watched the initial trailer and I was like, cool. It's got an interesting enough premise. It reminds me of Infamous, loved Infamous. So, you know, I'm on board with that. But there's just something that hasn't gripped me about it and I'm not sure on it yet. And I think it's going to be one of those games that's going to release and everyone's going to like it and I'm going to hold off and not play it for a while, pretending that I'm too cool. And then I'm going to end up (laughs) playing it like six (laughs) months later and I'll be like, fuck, this game is really good. I should have played it. Um, And also you can like have a surfboard made out of spectral water or whatever. So that's pretty dope.
0: That's pretty dope.
1: Yeah. 10 out of 10 game out of the year. Yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah. I can't wait to play this. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, I remember for... you, Kat, you can Toby were quite keen on this one, weren't you?
0: Yeah. First trailer. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Second trailer. When once it kind of delved into the story a little bit more, I was like, Oh, that's, that's, that's quite interesting. So yeah, bring it on October 11th. Very exciting. Let me have a look at Gundam evolution. Which was a thing that happened in our <laughs> lives was, that day. How is this series a thing? <laughs> I have no idea.
1: Ooh, People I love, love it. it, though. People love they it. They do. It's huge, apparently, in Japan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, they love their Gundams. <laughs> Gundam. Isn't there like a giant Gundam in Tokyo? Like an actual like life-size Gundam. Am I getting that right?
1: i mean if there is it surprises me not not an inch like mm-hmm. i hope to go to japan one day it's like the one place i really want to visit and if there is i'm going to go seek it out and i'll find it and take a picture of it for you
0: oh please do that'd be great
1: <laughs> i'll make that the uh mission of my trip thanks man um
0: and then we got what i think was the highlight of the entire event teenage mutant ninja turtles the cowabunga collection miles I mean, my god! If you want 2D games you've never played, here's 13 of them. All right. <laughs> How old was I when these came out? <laughs> I mean, fuck knows, but God,
1: everyone was so excited for this, and I was like, I have no idea about yeah, this at know, all because you're a goddamn child. But what so, What's includes, exciting about
0: it? Includes, it includes every single teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Game Miles. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. All of them. All of the decent ones, you know. They're not all great. Radical so Rescue you, is awful.
1: Oh, so have you played them all already? As in, like, when you were younger? I played, um, like, 16-bit onwards.
0: Um, oh, and, okay. of course, turtles in Time in the arcades. Um, so I play... I haven't played Fall of the Foot Clan. I haven't played Back from the Sewers. I haven't played Radical Rescue. They're all on Game Boy. I haven't played those. Damn. But included in this... <clears throat> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, the arcade game. One of the greatest video games ever made in the history of the world. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game on the NES. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project on the NES. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters on the NES. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time on the SNES. Yeah, they tried it on the SNES, it didn't work. It was nowhere near as fun as the arcade version. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters on the SNES. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Hyperstone Heist on Mega Drive. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters on the Mega Drive. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Fall of the Foot Clan on Game Boy. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Back from the Sewers on Game Boy. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Radical Rescue on Game Boy. (gasps) And Breathe. Oh my god.
1: Do you know what though? That was impressive. Like, fair play. Thanks, mate. <laughs> I appreciate that. I was listening, like, he's got to stop. Surely he's got to. And you just kept going. Fair play to you.
0: And of course, there was, um, of course, Shredder's Revenge is coming out this year as well. And I'm like, oh, mate. Yeah. That's all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles you could ever need. And uh, yeah, I mean, Turtles in Time is such a fantastic game. So yeah, we're playing that as well this year, Mars.
1: Get ready. So, get uh, for that. which one are you most hyped to play first? Um, oh, I will play
0: Turtles in Time until I collapse over and <laughs> die like a big gold ball in the sky. I cannot wait.
1: So no one will be hearing from you for at least a couple of days minimum.
0: Uh No, I will play Turtles in time until Shredder's Revenge comes out and then I will just have my <laughs> full of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the rest of time and I won't do
1: anything else in my life. And I mean, obviously... 13 games, that's that's quite a collection to be fair. I've never yeah. played any of them, but 13 games is a pretty solid deal. Yeah, it's a pretty damn good collection
0: and uh yeah, I mean, was in time on a PS5. Oh my god. What a world. What a world we live in. I love it. All uh, right then. After what was the greatest announcement all year, um, we had a look at Gigabash, uh, which is coming out later this year. I can't remember anything about Gigabash.
1: It was honestly the most forgettable looking game yeah. I I've seen in a long while. And we've seen quite a few forgettable games.
0: Yeah, we watch all of these goddamn shows, don't we? We can't remember everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. for better or worse, we watch them.
0: (laughs) We do, we do, we do. Uh, So yeah, that's Gigabash. Uh, I can't wait to tell you more about it once I know what it is. Yeah. And then Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is coming out at the end of this year. Sean got crazy hype for this.
1: I'm not sure.
0: I'm not sure why. I don't know what this is. I really shouldn't know, apparently, but I don't know what Jojo is. It's um, got,
1: um, did you play Fist of the North Star? It's uh, from the makers of Yakuza, I think it was. I
0: didn't play it, but I'm uh, I am aware of it.
1: Yeah, so it's got like a similar kind of art style to that. Um, or like manga style? I don't know how you would say it, but it. I like the style of it. It looked cool. Um, I don't know anything about Jojo or whatever. Um, but as a fighting game, it looked like it could be quite interesting. And I think um, fighting games have reached a point now where they're all so like complex and so many systems that it's like you kind of know that you're going to get probably a good game out of them um so with a cool art style and a decent combat system it could actually be a lot of fun so it's one of those that again like you i've heard lots of people raving about it and i've no idea why but i'm kind of intrigued to find out why yeah
0: indeed and um, that's coming at the end of this year so look out for that and then we had a very nice look at a game called trek to yomi um which is coming out spring of this year um it's kind of a black and white game more games should be black and white, I decree, because this looked very pretty. I thought. And so, uh, yeah, Miles, did you did you want to track to Yomi?
1: This game looks dope. I love the look of this game. Like you said, more games should be black and white. It looks yeah. so, so cool. And it looks like it's going to be like Ghost of Tsushima, but again, kind of like a 2D, like a side-scrolling action type thing. Mm. Um, and the combat system, I'm really intrigued to see how, like, if it's got, a bit more depth to it or whether it is just going to be like hit square and triangle repeatedly until things die and the occasional block or dodge um but yeah i really like the look of it it looks like a, a noir like comic book like story of a, a samurai and that's what's not to love you know You it's Absolutely. just an instant winner um i'm super hyped for this one so yeah i hope we uh i'm looking forward to picking up this might even be a day one for me you know wow mm. well
0: um, and then we had a look at Co-op, which is coming to Returnal um, as part of the Ascension package, um, which is a massive new update for Returnal. Um, it's coming out for free um, this month, which is very cool. Uh, Co-op Returnal. Did you play Returnal? I can't remember.
1: I didn't, I platinumed it. Ah, of course you did. What a stupid question. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, how, how do you think Co-op's going to fare in Returnal? I actually think it could work really well, you know. Um, Returnal's by its nature, it was a really challenging game. Um, and the rogue-like nature of the runs means that, like, I think it will fit quite nicely in terms of just dropping in, doing a run with your friend, sitting off I can get. I imagine the challenge is going to scale up with you as you play co-op as well. So it probably won't break the game's difficulty either, if people are worried about that. Um, but I think it will make it more manageable because I think the biggest thing that people had with Returnal's challenge was the, the bullet hell nature of it. So... Yeah. I've played a few bullet hell games so when i jumped into it playing a bullet hell game in like proper 3d in like a beautiful looking proper ps5 exclusive was quite a new one um i haven't seen many bullet hell shooters done quite like fraternal did it um and i think actually having a second player to you know take on a bit of the aggro and to you know draw fire away from you might just give you a bit more breathing room if you struggle with playing it single player the new content looks cool so it's like a ascending tower you just keep going up floors and floors enemies get more and more challenging and difficult the further up you go and you just keep going until you die um so it adds a bit of longevity and apparently there's a bit of story attached to it as well so i wasn't the biggest fan of returnals story i didn't really get why it got so many plaudits because i thought it was pretty like basic if that makes sense um but apparently there's more story and lore attached to it, which is cool because it gives people who enjoyed Returnal a reason to go back in other than to just play a bit more of it. Um So, yeah, I think it's the fact that it's coming for free, it's adding co-op, you know, it's a really good sign of how Sony are supporting, you know, their big games. And I'm pleased to see that it's done well enough to garner that kind of developer support. So, yeah, I think it's really good news, this one. And um, I'll definitely give it a go. I'm not sure how much I'll play it, but definitely give it a try out for sure.
0: Yeah. You can carry me through this one instead, because we can't do Elden Ring.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can do Elden Ring. We could try. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: I've just got to get there first.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but um, (laughs) yeah, more than happy to jump back into Returnal and see what it's all about, really. And it's releasing at the same time as Ghostwire. Is it releasing the same time as Ghostwire Tokyo and The Ascent? Which is horrible Uh, timing. Jeez. I'm just gonna. I might just have to take the week off, mate. And just oh no what am i gonna do i can't face having all these great games coming out at the same time remember when we thought that february was going to be tough honestly this these first like well first three months to say really mainly just february and march but they're pretty solid lineup of games for the first three months of the year
0: yeah it's mostly games that obviously were delayed due to covid mm. and that, that it's all piling out at the exact same time yep. <laughs> that's the problem
1: yeah, so much for a quiet like entering into the year right, i think we're going to be catching up on these games into the summer
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely um and then we finished off with kind of a square enix double bill of uh the Dyerfield chronicle and vanky elysium which two games i can't wait for in a year to hear they haven't exceeded expectations so did either of these games grab you because neither of them grabbed me
1: yeah, I think uh, this was the one you called me a nerd for, which was Dio Field because it's like a turn-based oh, yeah. tactical RPG isometric thing. It looks fucking cool. Like, I really like. I thought it was going to be a uh, cool. It shut up, shut, shut up. up. Cool. It
0: looks so the good. Exact opposite of cool.
1: For the other two of you who might listen to this podcast and enjoy tactical turn-based RPGs and a nerds like me, it looks really cool. You should watch the trailer.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> don't listen to Ross. He's trying to bully you out of a good game. Um... But yeah, Dio Field actually looks really cool. I thought it was going to be um, one of the Three Houses games from Nintendo coming over to PlayStation. So initially, I was a bit like shit, mm-hmm. like this is quite a crossover. Um, but I think it's just got like a similar look and style to it. But the actual game looks great. Like I'm actually really excited to try this one out. And um, did they say when it was going to be released, or
0: is it just mm-hmm. later this year? I think they
1: said. Why don't you talk
0: more and I will try and find
1: out? Not, you know, I'm so sad. they just said it's got a lot later this year, but that's what I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, the second one, Valkyrie Elysium, looks like a very generic and bland near, um, without the good story and without the stuff that made me really love near. Um, yeah, uh, Deerfield is 2022 at the moment, yeah, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, Valkyrie looked like an okay like decent enough kind of third person hack and slash combat system type thing i think it was um the story didn't really particularly interest me whatsoever um it's got some nice flashy graphics but the level design looks bland as all hell like it looked just like a plain pizza in terms of graphic style um Oof. yeah i just <laughs> those games but it's just like they have an interesting premise for a location but then they just have nothing in it it's just completely barren you know like, Wow, that's cool. There's nothing to look at or enjoy here. Um, <laughs> I think that one's going to be a, like a solid 6 out of 10, maybe a 7 out of 10 at best, but I don't think mm. it's going to be much better than that. Do you think it's
0: going to perform below expectations?
1: Oh, I think we can uh, safely guarantee every game from Square will be below expectations, you know? Yeah. It's not going to sell 100 million copies, so, you know, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, please uh, please hurry up with Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2, Square Enix
1: oh god we need that game
0: that's the one we really need thank you very
1: much <laughs> that's the one we all want can you just give it to us now please
0: can you get on with it For fuck's sake <laughs> it's, like, it's when you say that you realize how many games square enix
1: have going all at the same time right honestly right i didn't realize as a publisher just how many titles they actually push out almost every year and it's because half of them are so like mediocre they they're not even bad enough other than babylon's fall to kind of be like notorious they're just Mm. disdainly mediocre where you're like oh that exists and then immediately it's forgotten and then you just never think about it again
0: yeah
1: yeah pretty much so
0: good old square
1: enix but diofield looks cool i reckon that one might be a an anomaly where it'll actually be a good game coming out of square at the moment yeah we'll see
0: we'll see all right then well that was the state of play there is another one coming up this week but that is focusing only on hogwarts legacy that's thursday night at 9 p.m for in the uk um looking forward to that finally going to see something about this gosh darn game and uh yeah are you hoping to see a bit more of hogwarts legacy mars
1: this week uh yeah i i just want to see how it's actually gonna play i hope it's like a like a proper deep dive into this is what you do this is how like quests functioning and story is going to work this is what the gameplay is going to look like I just want to see what the game is actually going to be if that makes sense um because I think up to now we've had some cool trailers we've had some interesting tidbits of information about what we can expect but I just want to see it in action and it looks like it's going to be pretty good graphically as well so I want to see if the in-game engine is as good as the trailers look so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see more of it. It's one of those games that I think, again, other people are going to be a bit more hyped for than me because they're, although I've read the books and I watched the movies as a kid, I'm not like the biggest Potter fan or anything like that. Mm. Um, but I know other people in our friendship circle are major Potter fans. Um, um, yes, somewhat. And this is the game that they are pinning all of their hopes on gaming for. So, yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be good to see what it's all about. What about you? Are you excited for it?
0: Oh, yeah, man, I can't wait. I cannot, wait. I cannot wait. I've been waiting for this game for such a long time. I remember like years ago, me and Sean were like, wouldn't it be great to have a full-on AAA <laughs> Harry Potter RPG where you play a student at Hogwarts? And it's come to life. And we've remembered the rumors of this game have been going on for forever, for so long. And when it finally dropped during a PlayStation showcase, was it last year the year before? I felt myself actually welling up because so I could not believe it was actually happening. Uh-huh. And... And of course, you know, we do not condone anything that J.K. Rowling says. We think she's completely stupid and ridiculous. So, yeah. blah to J.K. Rowling. but But God, I want to be a student at Hogwarts. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't know. We'll talk about it more next week, obviously, once we've seen um, some footage of the game and hopefully get a release date,
1: maybe. I think uh, we will. I think we'll get one at the end of it. And um I was going to say as well, I think Kat's been having a couple of conversations of what do you think about the fact that you're not going to be, I think she was saying like it happens before or after all the Harry Potter stuff and she was like, yeah, it's
0: hundreds of years before.
1: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And Kat was saying like, oh, isn't it a bit of a missed opportunity? I think, by the way, this might be wrong, So if I am wrong, I do apologize. But I think Kat was saying, you know, they kind of missed an opportunity to have like this scope of a game, but in Harry Potter's like universe timeline. Um, yeah. I don't know if you felt the same or whether you're quite keen on the prequel aspect to it. I
0: remember she mentioned that on the podcast. And mm. um I was like, Oh yeah, it would be fun to as a fan, you know, all like the fan service stuff around Hogwarts to do with Harry Potter would be fun, seeing like maybe the Tri Wizard trophy and things like that. And, you know, yeah, there are little potter bits that they could have really sunk in there for for hardcore potter fans. But you know, I don't I don't I don't really mind. I'm going to Hogwarts, I don't give a fuck.
1: Yeah, I thought it was, like, a nice way of getting away from the lore as well, of, like, they can have a bit more free reign and a bit more uh, autonomy to, like, make their own story. But I kind of get where she's coming from, actually. It would have been cool to, like, have a proper big open world, like, AAA release of Harry Potter's time. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, yeah, this happens way before the events of Harry Potter. But I suppose if you, if you do it afterwards, then you can't include, you know, Dumbledore. You can't include Snape. You can't include... Sorry, spoilers for Harry Potter. But, um, yeah, you, yeah. There's like the the odd thing here and there that you can't you can't include, which would be sad if you're a fan. I think. Um, so yeah, that's I, true. I think they've made the right choice, but all that matters is you get to be a kid and you get to fuck about in Hogwarts. I mean, it's like what more could you possibly want? Nerd. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Deal with it. Whatever, man. I finally got to get you with that myself. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. That was
0: my one time. I can't wait. I'm so excited, and yeah. um, I hate the fact that some of that money may will probably will end up going to fricking JK. But what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, it's an unfortunate thing, isn't it? I will share the fact that I have the game on Twitter with a um, with a hashtag saying "Down with JK Rowling." <laughs> 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 like, Just to even it out. <laughs> yeah, I want to play this game so bad. Leave me alone, Twitter. Go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right then, uh, let's get on to our next piece of news, which is Elden Ring is the best-selling game of the year so far, which is kind of crazy, really, when you think about it. Um, I'm going to read from Forbes. Um, they're telling me that I'm using an ad blocker. I'm not using an ad blocker, Forbes, but okay, whatever. Um, so I'm going to try and read as much as I possibly can. Um, Elden Ring is the best-selling game of 2022 thus far, beating Horizon for, for the West and Dying Light 2. with the best-selling game of the entire past 12 months with one exception with with one exception Call of duty vanguard at least in the us it's a monumental achievement for a brand new ip even one coming from a developer as beloved from software something about Elden Ring has crossed a line at bringing in new players where previously they may not have played the likes of Dark Souls Bloodborne or Sekiro Elden Ring can still be extremely difficult but need but feels more approachable than past games now this is the line that I wanted to bring to you, Miles Thompson. Because when you first talked about Elden Ring on this podcast, you said, "Yeah, no, it's not. That's that that that's a lie." But Elden Ring is the best-selling game of the year. Does that
1: surprise you? Yes and no. It's it's a really tough one to answer because it was such like a it had such a hype machine behind it that no other Souls or Souls like universe type game had actually had before like this game was everywhere pre-release it you know that teaser trailer that came out two three years ago it seemed to just click that people were like oh this is going to be big and then it built up like a bit of a myth because we didn't hear anything about it for like a year and a half and then when it was then finally shown off there was a big thing about it and I think because it it appealed to some of like the mainstream stuff that souls games don't typically do like it went properly open world. like previous Mm. souls games have always been semi-open world in the sense that it's all hub areas you can kind of go to them in different order but you're still a bit limited in what you can do but i think this one being like this is proper open world you can go anywhere you can do whatever you want you can tackle things in any order um i think the hype machine was massive i think bringing gr martin onto on board with it was A masterstroke because I'm not, I don't even think he really contributed that much to the story or the lore. But having his name attached and having his influence instantly brings in potential fans that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And I think it was just a case of the previews were very good for it and the review cycles were incredible. Like to get 97 or 96%, whatever it is now, for a Souls game is ridiculous really because of how polarizing its difficulty can be <clears throat> so in a way it did surprise me because I didn't expect like a niche like genre of game which has a massive community but very like self-contained would actually be so approachable and so accessible for so many people but I think that's the credit to FromSoft of how they've designed this off. Like i said the game isn't easier than a souls game in fact it's probably the hardest one in a lot of ways once you get to like end game and some of the bosses you know this video is going around of a late game boss who you can be 100 i think it was level 120 or something and she can one shot you at the very start of the fight like immediately you walk in the gate and she just kills you immediately um so the difficulty is not gone but i think the fact that it's so open world and if you traverse the open world and fight many bosses and do the dungeons and the catacombs and everything else you can do all of that and there's less difficulty in those parts if you do them kind of in order um but if you want your challenging souls experience like people are like oh they're doing runs without like ashes of war they're doing it without magic they're doing it without armor sets i watched a video of some dude with nothing but um the like wooden stick basically and going up against the first boss naked with no armor on and i was like that is fucking ridiculous (laughs) um so i think it's a game that appeals to like the core fan base of people who love souls for the difficulty and challenge but it's been able to almost kind of sucker people into thinking it's easy and accessible enough to get into even if you're not a souls or difficulty fan um so it's kind of struck this real sweet spot and i'm actually really pleased because I don't think that Soul series has always necessarily gotten the credit it deserves from like mass appeal and critics. Um, but I think with Elden Ring, they've really broken through that kind of glass ceiling that they had for themselves. And they've shown how open world games can be different to, you know, there's no quest markers in it. There's no journal keeping track of your NPC quest lines everything you do in the world is because you've done it because you've decided to go out and explore and fight that thing or find that person or look out for whatever and i think loads of people have taken to the fact that it just gives you the freedom to figure things out for yourself you know you're presented with these challenges thousands of times and you're the one who has to work it out and i think a lot of open world games, and this is no diss to something like Horizon, but they hold your hand throughout. You know, you've got your inventories, your journal tells you everything is. You've got quest markers everywhere. Everything's kind hey! of pointed out to you. Oh, <laughs> um, you leave Aloy out of this, <laughs> but not in a bad way. You know, I love Horizon and I love that style of game as well. But I think it was starting to get a bit. You know, most open world games follow that structure of basically showing you all of the content that's in it. um and I think what Elden Rings has done has said, actually, you don't have to do that and people can still have an, an unbelievably good time within a world that doesn't do that for you. Yeah. Um, so I'm pleased to see it is doing well because I certainly didn't expect it to sell as well as it has or to outmatch something like Horizon. Um, but I think it's earned its place and it's just made with so much love and quality that, you know, I really think it it's earned its place at the top, to be honest, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the Metacritic score may have helped a fair bit. Oh, definitely! Like ninety-seven <laughs> is disgusting. <Yeah. laughs> it's absolutely bonkers. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's really interesting because this really only should appeal to from software fans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's exactly the same aesthetically, really, as all the others. Yeah. Um, it's basically the same idea. There is a I could I mean, yeah. is there a story? Is there really a story? Is so there, is George R. R. Martin <laughs> actually do anything for this fucking game?
1: So the one thing I do always find a bit frustrating as someone who's kind of played them all. And there's not a direct story in the sense of there's not a lot of cutscenes, There's not a lot of direct dialogue telling you what's happening or why you're doing what you're doing. But there's loads of environmental storytelling and the law behind the world itself, where you are, who you're fighting, what you're doing, is actually so incredibly deep. I don't think any other developer does it better in terms of world building. And, you know, when I finished Bloodborne, I had no fucking clue why I'd fought any of the things that I'd fought, what happened (laughs) at the end, what the point of what I was doing was and then I watched like three videos like I'd watch like instead of listening to like a podcast while I was doing stuff I'd watch like a Bloodborne lore video um if you've not seen him on YouTube there's a guy called Vati Vidaya video um and he does these like massive deep dives into the lore of all the Souls games and he's also got a gorgeous voice like that voice can put you to sleep even if you have insomnia um and when you actually like learn about who this boss was that you've been fighting and all their tragic backstory and you know, what the world is actually doing and what the story is, it is so incredibly intricate and so deep. You know, if they wrote books based on the soul's law, they would be genuinely bestsellers because they are so, so good. Um, but I think again, it's that kind of thing of it's not accessible. Like if you don't go out of your way to find that law, if you don't listen to the obtuse dialogue, if you don't read item descriptions, you're not gonna work it out. But the game has so much storytelling in it, you just have to go out of your way to look for it and to find it but yeah if you're looking for like a direct story where <clears throat> you know characters are telling you exactly what they're doing and why then mm. souls is never going to be that series because that's not what they do
0: yeah it's always been toby's argument against them, isn't it mm, Because yeah. he's he, he's always massive on narrative and he has played them all now and um and he loves them but yeah he said you know he doesn't play it for the story <laughs>
1: yeah to be fair i don't either i never have a fucking clue like i've played all of them dark souls 2 it was my third second one and i genuinely didn't piece together a single thing as to what i was doing or why i just enjoyed (laughs) killing bosses um but i'd always find myself as soon as i finished them like i knew all of dark souls 3's lore before i even played the game because i took ages Mm. to play it and it was actually so weird because i was going into these fights like oh I know why you're here and why you have this weird second phase where you change into like a whole different being because I know your backstory now. So in a way, it's one of the few games where I actually like to spoil it because then I actually have a clue what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, So yeah, it's I think I get Toby's argument. I get lots of people's argument of it's not direct narrative. And actually, you know, if that's what you like in a game, then Mm. that's not what you're going to get with Souls. And I totally get that you haven't got that hook to keep you going.
0: Yeah, but, you know, irregardless, it's sold bloody millions. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's done pretty well for itself. How many of those do you think were were uh, deleted or sent back within the hour? <laughs> Actually,
1: um, probably quite a few, you know, because uh, it, it's the tree sentinel. You, like, come out of the starting area. You fight, like, this mini boss that completely gives you, like, a false sense of, oh, I'm really fucking good at games because you, mm. like, wreck this guy in, like, five hits. He's got really slow wind-ups. He's easy to block and dodge. And then you walk out the starting area and there's this golden knight dude on a horse. And you probably think, oh, he's right there. I must have to go and fight him to progress. And he literally one shot wrecks you completely at the start. And he's actually more of like a a tutorial in a roundabout way of showing actually not everything you see you have to fight or should fight straight away. Um, so you should actually like avoid some fights fuck off and go like level up and get armor and spells and weapons and then come back and then kick his ass Yeah. Um, but yeah I imagine lots of people spent their first hour and a half fighting him dying repeatedly and went fuck this and then went to Steam and were like give me my refund this game sucks <laughs> Yeah, I'm going back to Horizon, this is mean <laughs> yeah absolutely I want something where I'm the cool badass guy not some dude on a horse wrecking yeah. me
0: which I'm worried about because every time I see it every time I see Elden Ring I'm like I I really want to play it. I really want to explore. <laughs> I want to explore the open world because it looks fascinating, mm. and you know I want to just see what I can find. You know, people like you know I keep mentioning Eva also but I I love her content. So you know I was watching more Elden Ring stuff from from her uh, this week, and she's played 110 hours and she's found a new area.
1: Yeah, you
0: know it's like what? It's <laughs> crazy.
1: Yeah, I've watched two reviews from people who only decided to review it after 150 hours because they said before that point they still hadn't felt like they'd seen the majority of what there was to see, and I thought that is crazy—like 150 yeah. hours—and you, like, Dying Light Two claimed to be 500 hours long, but I think Elden Ring might be the actual one that's 500 hours long.
0: <laughs> yeah, it certainly seems that way, but yeah, I think I, I think I will jump on it one day um because i just want to explore i want to see how long i could survive by just by just walking around and going oh that's pretty and well, that's nice look at that that's really cool
1: yeah and i mean you can do that like <laughs> i think greg mentioned it another friend of mine mentioned it as well where they didn't even find the lady who helps you level up and gives you your horse for like the first two, three hours because they'd gone off in the other direction exploring and were just roaming around, killing things, doing caves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I beelined it straight for that place just unknowingly. And I think like it gives you that option where if you want a bit of an easier, nicer time, like you can do that. You can just roam around. And I think it's more the story track where you'll hit the hardest barriers, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, congrats from Software. You've got a blockbuster on your hands there. Well done. And I
1: can't wait to see what you do next. I'm sure it'll be really, really different. I can't imagine Cat's reaction if it gets Game of the Year over Horizon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? I think it I think it probably will. It probably will over... I mean, I really think Rag Rock's probably its only competition, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right on that, you know? I think it's got such, like, a, a headway with critics. I think it's kind of a... I think the ones that hit early in the year tend to just stick in people's minds that much more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's got a good shout other than God of War.
0: Yeah. I think games just need to be memorable. They need to be remembered by the end of the year. And I don't know, I've not got anywhere near her, the end of Horizon yet, but yeah, I worry that it may not be as memorable as something like Elden Ring because the challenge makes you remember it, I think. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you can overcome mm. it, you'll be like, oh, I remember when I beat Elden Ring earlier this yeah. year. Yeah. You know, that's uh, that's such a moment for all the elder ring players because it's a fucking hard thing
1: to do you know? <laughs> yeah and i guess you're right on that because i think back to bloodborne and like whenever people mention souls my mind instantly goes to bloodborne because it was my first proper one mm. and it was so satisfying to play and when i finished it i felt like a fucking badass like and i think yeah i think you're right i think Elden rings kind of channeled that and people are going to remember it because overcoming it was such like a big achievement like a real source of satisfaction so yeah i think you might have a pretty good shout on that one
0: yeah i think it will uh i think it will stick around for that reason that reason alone and also because it's evidently um fantastic um all right then let's get into some news that dropped today um this is very interesting this comes from uh vgc in regards to the initiative um which you may remember as the team at xbox currently working on Perfect Dark. Now, Crystal Dynamics were brought in to help out on Perfect Dark. And it looks like they may have fully taken over because the initiative appears to be falling apart um, before it's even really begun. Um, I'm going to read uh from VGC, uh, the great Andy Robinson. Quote: Xbox's the initiative studio has seen a fast and furious wave of senior departures in the past 12 months. VGC has learned. As much as half of the core development team known to be working on the upcoming Perfect Dark, a reboot quit the company during the last year, or around 34 people, analysis of employee LinkedIn profiles has revealed. This includes most of the initiative's senior design team, including game director Dan Newberger, design director Drew Murray, lead level designer Chris O'Neill, principal world builder Julian Myers, two senior system designers, a group of three former God of War designers, and more. And the turnover of top talent doesn't end in design. Private Dark's two most senior writers almost recently quit also recently quit, I should say, analysis shows along with the project's technical director, tech art director, lead gameplay engineer, and lead animator, QA lead, and more. According to LinkedIn, the initiative is now less than 50 people. When duplicates, former employees and erroneous listings are removed and currently has just three roles advertised on its website. Analysts suggest it's hired around 12 people in the past 12 months.
1: Miles. Miles. That doesn't sound good, does it? Not especially. No, <laughs> not to lose that many of your core team, and there's a lot of really stellar talent in there from their previous experience and history. And yeah, it's quite concerning. Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is heavy stuff,
0: man. I mean, we waited for such a long time to hear anything from the initiative, and the initiative. Oh, they're working on Perfect Dark. Awesome! I love Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark's fantastic. I'm really excited to. Um, to jump into perfect art, but now they've been signed to co develop it with Crystal Dynamics. Mm. I mean, I think that probably should have been a, a red flag at first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's like a tactical power play of like they brought in Crystal Dynamics and said, like, oh, they'll just be like a support on it. And then slowly but surely, they've just whittled away at the original team to be like, oh, Crystal Dynamics need to take over because there's not enough people there anymore. It just it seems a bit shady, doesn't it, to lose that much good talent out of a a studio. And I think, yeah, you mentioned that. Obviously, it's the reason being the slow progress and the the sense of oversight that they had, the autonomy that they had over it. And that's always a a bad sign of like a power struggle going on between the two studios.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. Um, This is a bit further down the article. Um, Across the industry, many studios are currently facing a talent crisis with the sheer level of expansion and investment in the sector making it challenging, proving the biggest studios to retain and attract senior staff. The former initiative developer, VGC, spoke to Attributed, Attributed, I should say, Attributed, for fuck's sake, Ross. Attributed the wave of departures to frustration among senior talent over direction of the project, sat down by Gallagher and game director Daniel Neuberger, who himself left the company last month. Although the initiative's website claims the company provides a collaborative, creative environment, former employees described the studio development hierarchy as very top-down, with Gallagher and Newberger keeping a strong grasp on creative decisions. According to the former employees, many senior team members were frustrated by the perceived lack of autonomy and didn't feel heard on key issues such as development priorities, project planning, and team staffing. Uh, end quote on that. Now, it just sounds like people are getting in the positions that they probably didn't deserve or... They're taking him maybe a little too seriously. It doesn't sound like something that Phil Spencer, of obviously the CEO of Xbox, would put up with. Because he seems like such a cool dude. He's always, he's always about inclusion and collaboration and stuff. So it's interesting that the initiative has gone down this road, I think.
1: Mm, yeah, I think you're right. It sounds like it's very... You know, it's always a bad sign if management are heavily, you know, you, if you ever read the report into like Anthem and BioWare and like they showed off what was yeah. like the demo to Andrew Wilson and he watched it and he was like, that looks shit. You're not doing that. Fix it. And the moment like top heavy kind of executive type, manager type people get involved, it seems to be like the less experience of the user end of like what makes an actual good game is going to come out of it. Um, And yeah like you said it's a bit strange that phil spencer who's very kind of consumer focused he's very kind of you know we want to make good games that people want to play and yeah it's a strange but maybe that's part of the problem was you know the project was going in a direction that maybe wasn't looking right and maybe crystal dynamics with their history of like tomb raider and stuff were thought to be a bit of a better or a safer pair of hands maybe i'm not sure but yeah yeah it's not a good sign that people are losing their jobs like that and just hemorrhaging you know talent in such a quick way you made a game with a girl come and help us make our game with a girl <laughs> yeah it's got to be the exact same thing right if you can make Tomb Raider, ready you can make perfect dark yeah. Um, but yeah it, it seemed like an odd team up in the first place if you think like a remake you know you think of like what Bluepoint have done and you think oh okay so they'll just give this studio you know free reign to remake it however they want to but when you bring in another studio with all their own experience and history and perspective you going to end up with like a clashing vision for what the end game is going to be. Um, and that's just never a good place to be a lot of the time. Normally support studios are brought in to work on aspects of the game that, you know, that studio doesn't uh, specialize in, or it's like a separate component, like a multiplayer or like a separate like mode or whatever it might be. It's very rare to have two studios effectively working on the exact same game at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, the development has progressed painfully slowly apparently um which isn't great um and if you remember this was um the industry's first quadruple a video game and uh yeah that doesn't
1: look like it's gone all that well <laughs> no it looks like uh, quadruple a is not the one how weird
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's like where the hell do you start with a quadruple a video game but it looks like looks like it's been uh, it's been it's been hit hard. I mean, that's the most fascinating thing about the Crystal Dynamics Inclusion. I mean, we may have talked about this when it was first announced, but why was it not another Microsoft studio?
1: Yeah. I don't, that's I don't know. That's weird
0: to me. It's like they, they, they basically just freelanced a third party to come in and help out. It's like, well, what about Playground? What about, you know, Rare fucking... All these companies that are it's software there.
1: just sending the Doom devs yeah, to fix it. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. They would come in and go, right, everyone shut the fuck up. This is how it's done. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, rip and their way through it. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. Maybe it was a decision by Gallagher and Neuberger. maybe tough Maybe they worked with Crystal Dynamics before. Um, maybe they're just bringing in their, their pals.
1: Yeah. To try and
0: save this game. I mean, it's it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I wonder if maybe like all the other teams that they had at the time. I, I don't know if all the acquisitions had gone through when this was first announced and that was kind of sorted out, but yeah, maybe all the other teams are working on, maybe, you know, it's a good sign that Microsoft just have so many games that they're working on that they don't have anybody to spare from their own teams. But I doubt that. I think it's more that they might be trying to get a little bit cozy with the uh, crystal and square Enix.
0: Yeah. But this is a rough start. I mean, in terms of, if they're trying to knock games out in the same way that PlayStation studios do, this is not a good start on how to do
1: it yeah I mean like I said about Bluepoint you know they've knocked out Shadow of the Colossus they've done Demon Souls now as well they're rumored to be making their own game and you know Sony brought basically took them on and just said right take these IPs and make them really good again and sell them as you know for their time you know the current general next-gen titles and you know they were left to do that and the games that came out of them were brilliant you know as re as far as remakes go and it's kind of like that's the way it probably should be done, and we can kind of see now that the way this one's been approached is probably a quadruple A flop. <laughs> it's not exactly a ringing endorsement for the new term, is it? Um, no, and that's it's 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 a
0: real shame because we were all getting quite excited about Xbox's output.
1: Yeah, because um, they were Phil
0: Spencer's got that stage presence, and we all got excited because he got excited. We're like, hey, Phil Spencer, we love you. <laughs> Microsoft backs baby. Yay. Microsoft backs. Microsoft is back. <laughs> there we go. And this is just bad. This is just a bad start. And I really want to play this game because I love Perfect Dark. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like it's still quite far away. Um, I've, I'd say years away. Maybe even a decade away at this point. You never know.
1: Yeah, Duke Nukem style. But, I mean, if it ends up with a good game coming out of it, then I guess they can argue it was the right decision. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll always kind of wonder now what the original vision might have been.
0: Yeah, and it looks like... Um, you know at least the two the two heads um one of which of course Newberger isn't there anymore but i mean yeah they obviously had a vision and the the team weren't you know weren't on board with it or or the other way around i mean who knows but uh, yeah this may not be the end um of what we hear about this but it's very interesting so if you're looking forward to the perfect dark reboot um well it may not even see the Xbox series. It might be the next thing.
1: <laughs> You'll be looking forward to it for quite a long time,
0: basically. <laughs> yes, pretty much. And it's got the word perfect in it, so it's got to be good. Otherwise, the reviews just write themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if it's not 10 out of 10, then it's kind of screwed up, isn't
0: it? Yeah, more or less. All uh, right, on then, let's get into our recommendations. This is where we find something out the week that we thought that we want to share with you guys, our dear listeners, whether it be a video game, a movie, a TV show, a funky Pop, a Hoover, or... remote control i mean who knows we've gone from like recommending burgers at mcdonald's to chicken burgers at somewhere else i can't remember but yeah lots of random shit has been recommended by us over the over the weeks and miles what would be your recommendation for the week
1: mine's pretty different for me it i went axe throwing on saturday in london with a friend um a group of us ended up going and it was quite bizarre but really fun in that very kind of feral kind of way um mm. so I can't you feel remember. like a man yeah it felt very like masculine very like macho you know but <laughs> equally like it was just good fun like it's a really chill atmosphere in the place that it was in mm. um i can't remember what the place was called but if you google it it's like one of the few ones that comes up um it was in london i think they also have one in bristol as well but like you go along you go with, like if you don't have a group of 10, I think it was then basically whoever's there at the same time as well, will just join your group. And then you like have a few practice throws. So they teach you like a one-handed throw and a two-handed throw. And naturally the two-handed throw is far superior because there's just so much more like force you can get like onto the throw, you know?
0: It's yeah, really cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, For real, but bro. For real. Just... <laughs>
1: um, and yeah, like I was Pretty shit at it, to be honest. Like, I missed the target a few times. Uh, It bounced off. Like, I got it on the bullseye, like, three times in a row. And every time, the head of the the axe or whatever hit the board instead of the blade um but when you nail that like perfect throw it it there's nothing more satisfying to be honest <laughs> um so yeah it's it's one of those things i never thought i'd ever see myself doing it but it was a really good laugh and i'd happily do it again i think it was like 30 quid or something so it's not the cheapest hour and a bit that you'll spend but equally it was really unique and a really fun time so yeah if you fancy it go throw some axes have a good time now some aggression you know hell yeah yeah I, good stuff yeah Throw some goddamn axes, people. There you go. Here's my recommendation. Go throw some axes. Yeah. But in a safe, controlled environment. Not obviously GTA style, preferably. Oh, all right then. <laughs> oh, what okay. about you, mate? What's yours? Uh,
0: my recommendation is a film. It's on Netflix and it's called The Adam Project. Ooh. Um, it stars um, good old Ryan Reynolds.
1: He's in everything. In He's in year. everything.
0: <laughs> What's going on? Has he just signed like 20 contracts for movies? This is uh, another Ryan Reynolds joint. Um, directed by Sean Levy, who of course directed Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy, will be the director of Deadpool 3. Um, So yeah, they have a good working relationship, it would seem. Um, But yeah, The Adam Project is out now on Netflix. It's a a time travel story where Ryan Reynolds meets his younger self in order to save the future. Now, this isn't particularly original, but if you're a fan of like 80s, 90s, amblin' entertainment films like E.T., Back to the Future, you know, things like that, this is going to warm your heart. It is a lovely, lovely movie um, with a great performance by Ryan Reynolds and an even better performance by this kid called um, Walker Scobell, who does an amazing Ryan Reynolds impression as like a 10 year old Ryan Reynolds. It's just brilliant. And um, by the end of it, I was, uh, my heart was full miles. My, my heart was full. Um, it's It's just a great story about kids and parents and, You know, just lots of wonderfully, wonderful, yummy, heartfelt goodness.
1: Just wholesome.
0: How wholesome is the word I was looking for. Thank you very much. (laughs) And I haven't seen a film like this for ages. And when I finished it, I was like, you know what? I really love that movie. It was really charming and nice. And it was colorful. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was just the best. And so, yeah, if you're looking for something, you know, to uh, just, uh, just see an evening through, something that's very, very nice and lovely, it's not... Cynical. It's not. done in any way. It's just a fun kind of like family time travel adventure.
1: I would highly recommend it, the island Project. Nice. Just, so it just just worked for me. So it's kind of like Looper and the Terminator, but if they were actually happy movies. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, like sound of that. It's got very um polarized reviews on Metacritic. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of movies do, especially this kind of genre, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a family film, you know it's. Um, the story is not difficult to understand. It's very easy to... It's very straightforward. It's very easy to digest as as a film. But it's just lovely. It's just nice, you know? Good. Um, It's not what you need. It's not going to fucking challenge you. It's just going to entertain you. And it's going to make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. And it's going to make you want to call your parents. And be like, I love you. I'm sorry if I was ever a dick to you. I didn't mean to be. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There's There's some great moments in it. Mark Ruffalo is also in it. Jennifer Garner, Zoe Saldana.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty pretty stacked
0: cast. That's some talent they've got in there. Fair enough. Hmm. Might have to give it a watch. It's a a, a lovely movie as well. Right then, let's go to out this week. And I do apologise that this podcast is landing right in the middle of the week, but uh, we couldn't do it any other way this week for for whatever reason. Um, So March 15th, and they were recording this, of course. Grandfather Auto 5, Expanded and Enhanced, is out. And Cat cannot wait. She's going to be all over it when she gets home.
1: Expanded with more trees, according to Paul. More trees.
0: More trees. More trees. And, of course, you would say online, which apparently is shit as well. So Paul's having a great day today. Paul's having a great day. Um, uh, 15th, uh, Five Night at Freddy's Security Breach is also out. If you're into that kind of thing. I'm not. So, you know, whatever. Um, March the 16th, which is the day this goes up. Tunic is finally out on Xbox One and PC. Um, that's going to hit Game Pass hard, and I'm going to play it until the end of time. I think I cannot wait to play Tunic. It looks lovely. It's it's Eldery. It's top downy, but it's bloody tough. And uh, yeah, it looks very sweet as well. So I cannot wait to play that. That's a Mars Thompson game. Ever I've seen one. What Tunic? Sorry,
1: Tunic. Yeah. Which one was Tunic again? Oh my good
0: god, this guy. I
1: can't, I can't even remember which one. Hold on, there's so son.
0: many video games, I can't remember all of
1: them. <laughs> Honestly, there's just too many, I can't even keep <laughs> up anymore. Which one was the tunic? God, on, let me just check. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that one's more of a Toby game, you know. Oh, Toby's gonna be all over this, yeah. Tony's uh, Tony, <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony, uh, Toby, yeah, that's yeah, I'm gonna call that one a Toby one. I think that's one I might end up getting on, like, uh deep discount sale like at some random point in the year. <laughs> yeah yeah oh man.
0: can't wait uh, paradise killer is also out on ps5 and Xbox one and uh, we've been looking forward to that and a mutation number is coming to playstation and pc on march the 17th um our uh, our own toby's been playing that so look out for more on that very very soon um wrc10 is coming to nintendo switch on march 17th uh, who pressed mute on Uncle Marcus is coming out on March 18th, and if you listened to that title and thought, that sounds like a Sean Davies game, you'd be absolutely right. He's been playing that all week, and uh, he's got his review coming up very, very soon. March 18th also, of course, sees the launch of Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins, and we're going to see if Toby picks someone up or plays Elden Ring. We don't know. I'll let you know next week. Uh, March 18th also sees the release of the first Mario Kart 8 Deluxe booster course pass uh, maps. Um, if you remember, uh, Nintendo announced that they are releasing basically every single map that's ever existed in Mario Kart coming to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe over the next year. And you, the first batch is coming on the 18th. So if you want to check them out, there is a the place to do it. £16 for a year and a half's worth of content. Can't argue with that. I think, I think it looks like a pretty good deal to me. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the week. The week later, my God, it's bloody insane. Uh, we've got The Ascent. We've got Kirby and the Forgotten Islands. We've got Tiny Tina's Wonderland. We've got Ghostwire Tokyo. We've got some others too. So, you know, <laughs> there's a nice big stacked week. I mean, next week, but
1: this week is a little quieter. Don't forget on next week as well. Oh,
0: yeah, that is well.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it God. is a stacked week. It it's is. another one. I don't know why they're doing it to us, but it's another one.
0: Out of interest, have you played the new uh Dead by Daylight DLC? Uh,
1: I have, yeah. I have. Is it uh horrific and terrifying? So <laughs> so the first time we played against Henri. uh, so we went on, and the first three matches didn't get the new killer. And I was like, Well, this is shit, what's the point? And then we played against her seven times in a row or something, and the first time she so like her power in the game. If you don't know Dead by Daylight, it's four versus one four survivors. You have to complete generators. You can't attack the killer. They attack you and try and put you on hooks and kill you. And her power is she can teleport through TVs. So there'll be like, say, seven or eight TVs dotted around the map at any point. <clears throat> if the TV is on, she can teleport out of it so she can appear from anywhere and she can she goes what we call as like undetectable or invisible. So you won't know she's coming and then she just turns up and she's smacking you in the ass before you even know it. It's got, like, all of the sound effects from the movie. So, like, as she teleports, you'll get, like, that horrifying, like, little tune play. Um, and, yeah, I peed my pants a couple times the first time. She popped out of a TV right next to me and then eventually I got used to it. But, uh, yeah, she's pretty scary. And playing as her is really, really cool. Like, she's got some really good animations. Her they call them moris where instead of like putting a survivor on a hook if you down them at the end of the game for example when they're on their last hook you can do like a kill animation and hers is like she just floats over you and then she like bends all your limbs like every which way and backwards you oh, flop God. on the floor dead and then just like this really intense scary close-up of just her eye just staring intensely and um yeah it's it's pretty impressively done i really like it um and for once, it's not completely fucked the game with an update. So that's nice that we actually get to, to play it and it's not broken. Oh, result. Yeah. So there's always some things wrong with the game, but at least it's not totally busted. <laughs> like it's been the last couple of updates. So uh, yeah, it's well worth checking out.
0: Nice. Nice. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. Thanks. Um, I'm never, ever going to play that. Nope. Oh, mate, come on. I can't. Can do I it. can't. I can't, man. I, t- when- I told you last week, the only one of the only films that has ever properly fucked me up was The Ring. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I can't do it I was so scared of TV for like a month I didn't watch it that is
1: prime streaming yeah. content we need <laughs> to get you streaming so that we can have you play that match the first time because when she chases you you get her chase music as well um, which is oh, like from the movie. hell,
0: hell no
1: never. <laughs> that is prime streaming music it, a prime streaming music it's prime streaming potential it's got to be done uh, no I'm good what if I like guide you through it, you know? I'll I'll walk it's not the it. point. I'm not scared of you,
0: I'm scared of her. Very, very much so.
1: <laughs> but it's so much fun. No. Oh. but yeah, she's uh she's a good killer, actually, surprisingly. She didn't look like she was going to be too powerful, but she's actually quite a good addition to the roster, which is nice.
0: Oh, I'm glad for all you Dead by Daylight fans out there. Yeah, all six of us. Of which there were still at least six of you on there. So Yeah. Just yeah. enough to have a match every now and then. good stuff (laughs) uh well ladies and gentlemen that does bring a solemn end to the finger guns podcast thank you all very much indeed for listening don't forget if you do want to follow us you can follow us absolutely everywhere just go to the link tree in the description below if you want to find us in all the places if you want to follow us on twitter you can do at fngrgns if you want to follow us individually all of our handles are in the description below except for miles of course he's smart and not on twitter if you really like what we do Want to follow our Patreon for $1 a month? That works out at about 71p right now. You can keep this podcast live on its various podcast setting services and keep the website nice and shiny. But that's it.
1: Miles, thank you so much for your time tonight, sir. Oh, thank you very much for having me, mate. It's been a good time. I'm glad to Hopefully, you. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have some extra numbers in uh, for reinforcements on the next one <laughs> so you don't just have to listen to me drone on.
0: Who knows, yeah. Will Cap be back next week?
1: Yes. Yes, should be.
0: I believe so. Well, enjoy your night of manly manliness tonight. <laughs> doing nothing but sitting there in your boxes playing
1: Elden Ring. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, to be fair, I'll probably be finishing off Dying Light like 2 first, and then it's back onto Elden Ring. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Pretty much got it down to a T, to be fair. Just, yeah. <laughs> So, I'll, I'll make the most of the couple of days I've got. <laughs> she's sending me pictures of like chocolate and waffles and stuff, though, and it's just not cool, man. It's just not <laughs> cool. She's bringing back all this stuff, though, right? I mean, she better be. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not fair otherwise to just like tease me with all the chocolate that she's getting to have that I'm not. So, yeah, fingers crossed she comes back with some nice uh, presents and gifts and whatever.
0: Why did uh, Why did you not go with her? Just out of curiosity.
1: She's just taking her mum for her birthday. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's her mum's birthday today, I believe. Um,
0: oh, happy birthday, Cats, mum.
1: Yes. Yeah, happy birthday, Dad. And uh, yeah, so they're just having a little celebrationary trip. And I think her mum had always wanted to go to Bruges. So yeah, I think that was the reasoning.
0: In fucking Bruges.
1: Bruges. That's, a from
0: the, that's a line from the movie. Can't, can't,
1: can't uh, else, I, else, it? I, I figured you weren't just saying it for uh, dramatic effect.
0: <laughs> in fucking Bruges. There's nothing to do here.
1: <laughs> no, that's how it's you sign Bruges. up a podcast in oh,
0: style. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been an honor so until next time until that auspicious occasion it is goodbye from far changing miles uh well F. and it's me of course roscoe grand theft roscoe 5 expand and enhanced. yes i'm gonna play it tomorrow and i can't freaking wait what are you gonna yeah. do about it cat nothing at all because you're in bruges in fucking bruges
1: i'm Bye, so disappointed everyone. in you I'm so disappointed <laughs> <laughs> you freaking nerd get out of my
0: face